listening to Proof Text, a Glossa House podcast by Dr. T. Michael W. Halcom, Dr. Frederick J. Long, Dr. Mario Melendez, Dr. Jennifer Noonan, and J. M. Smith. Welcome and enjoy. Shalom and welcome to this week's SLA Insights. I'm Dr. Jennifer Noonan. And we've been talking about language proficiency over these last few weeks. In other words, how are you good at languages? What makes you good? What what are the elements that contribute to learning and acquiring language well? Uh, We've talked about how language proficiency is a combination of implicit knowledge, explicit knowledge, and automaticity. Now, we've talked about implicit knowledge and explicit knowledge over the last couple weeks. And if you haven't seen those or listened to those uh, podcasts, I would encourage you to go back and and listen to those before you jump in here. Um, Today, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take implicit and explicit knowledge and look at how they interact, uh, do a compare and contrast, um, talk about interface. Can they turn into one or the other? So um, with that, then next week, we will dive into automaticity, the third and final element of language proficiency. So to start with, um, I wanna do a quick, again, compare and contrast between the implicit language knowledge and explicit language knowledge. Now, implicit knowledge, it tends to be unconscious knowledge. You may know it, but you don't know that you know it. Uh, It just comes out when you need it. And we, in our first language, L1, for me, English, when I speak in English, I don't think about it. I don't know why I know what I know. I just know that I'm communicating and the language is the the vehicle through which I'm doing it. Explicit language knowledge, however, is conscious knowledge. You know what you know, um, and quite often you know where you learned it. Uh, now, back we're going to kind of go back and forth here. Um, implicit knowledge is intuitive knowledge, you just kind of know, whereas explicit knowledge is more formalized with articulated rules. And again, going along with conscious, you know what you know. Implicit knowledge has also been called procedural knowledge, kind of like muscle memory, where you you go out and you do it because you've always done it and you don't have to think about it. Whereas explicit knowledge is more declarative knowledge. It's knowledge that you you think about, you are aware of, you can articulate and talk about. Um, When we're talking languages, implicit knowledge, when you edit your language, when you're working through something and thinking, how do I say this? Your language uh, knowledge is edited, your language is edited by feel. You just know that's how you say it, or you know that's not how you say it and need to correct it. Whereas with explicit knowledge, if you're editing that language Uh, that's about to come out, you're doing it by a monitor, which is a conscious process where you're going, okay, um, I know I need a past tense verb here. And so you do that by adding ed. And so it's more of a conscious, careful monitoring process. Now back to implicit knowledge, it results in language acquisition or knowledge of the language. And explicit knowledge tends to result more in language learning or knowledge about the language. So that's kind of a a contrast between the two types of of language knowledge. 
Now, the question that that is often raised is which one is better, which is going to be more effective for getting you to being good at a language or to be proficient at your language. Um, I'll tell you right off the bat, it's complicated and not everybody agrees. So let's start with what we do know and then look at some of those theories about um, how we know which one's better, who thinks which is better and how that works. So what we do know about the two is that both contribute to language proficiency. And we've talked about that as being part of our definition of language proficiency. It involves implicit knowledge, explicit knowledge, and automaticity. Okay. Another thing we know about the two is that neither one is developmentally primary. In other words, you can learn explicitly first and then learn it implicitly, or you can learn implicitly and then go back and learn the ex explicit rule. So for an example, a learner may memorize explicit knowledge, the entire present active indicative paradigm, long before he or she is able to recognize or use the form in any meaningful communication. And the reverse then is also true. A learner may be able to implicitly understand that form, what it's communicating, without any explicit understanding of it until much later, right? Now, as I said, the, the answer is a bit complicated and there's not a strong consensus, although there is some there are some general trends among the SLA experts when we talk about which is most important, whether it's implicit knowledge or explicit knowledge. So the three positions are that language acquisition is largely or exclusively implicit, uh, the second is language acquisition is largely or exclusively explicit. And the third is a hybrid where language acquisition consists of some measure of both, right? So let's work through the, the three different positions here. First, uh, language acquisition largely or exclusively implicit. This is a position held by Stephen Krashen, um, sometimes pronounced Krashen, uh, and others who are from the universal grammar camp. Um, according to this position, explicit knowledge really does not contribute meaningfully to language acquisition. The exception might be vocabulary, which people pretty much agree that that is explicit knowledge. Um, and because of this position, people in this camp say, well, there's this strong connection between implicit knowledge and automaticity, which is the third component we haven't fully covered yet. And so they, they say these two together are really what makes language acquisition. The second position is that, uh, that language acquisition is largely or exclusively explicit language knowledge. And to be honest, there are virtually no one who holds this position. Although some believe that, that language acquisition may begin with explicit knowledge that becomes automatized and develops into implicit knowledge, these are the people who hold to more of a skill theory of language acquisition. However, most see explicit knowledge as just being kind of cumbersome, difficult to access, inefficient, and, and especially if you're in the, the flow of communication. Now, as a side note, for those who've been studying ancient languages and almost exclusively reading texts, you can see why explicit communication, or ex excuse me, explicit knowledge 
could be included and, and focused on in these classes because reading a text is a lot more forgiving than talking with another human being. The text is not going to be offended if you get up, look at a word. They're not going to be bored if you go off and try to reread the same sentence several times trying to figure it out. And it may be because of that that people in ancient language teaching have not really pushed into that implicit knowledge because, well, we've got the time. We can go review our paradigm, pull out the grammar, pull out the lexicon, and make sense of what it is we're trying to read. We, we have the luxury of doing that. But in the context of live communication, that implicit knowledge is going to be really important. And as we'll see, it really is important for reading text too. And it's going to be, there's going to be some real payoff if you can get to the point of having implicit knowledge of the language. Now, back to our three positions here. The third position is that, that language acquisition is going to be a combination of developing implicit and explicit knowledge. And there are kind of two groups of thought within this um, this position. The first is the skill theory that I've already mentioned from general language uh, learning theory. That is, the learner moves from explicit knowledge or declarative knowledge to implicit knowledge through repetition. Um, so an example from other uh, fields of study in terms of playing piano or riding a bike, somebody can tell you explicitly how to do that skill how to ride a bike, how to play the piano, but until you actually do it and practice it over and over and over again, you're not gonna to get to that implicit ability, procedural knowledge of how to play the piano, ride a bike. Language is somewhat similar. Now, um, there's a second uh, group within this um, combination of explicit, implicit position, and they argue that conscious awareness, that is explicit knowledge, plays a role and which structures are noticed and which structures are then internalized uh, implicitly. So as an example, you, as you read an Hebrew text, you may notice that there's an extra hey at the end of what otherwise looks like an imperative. And if you haven't been taught that, you may ignore it, you may not notice it, or you may get curious about it and say, hey, what's this? And go doing poking around. And once you figure it out or somebody tells you, you have the explicit knowledge to, to notice it the next time and to be able to then acquire it. If you don't notice it, if you don't are curious about it, if it doesn't register, you're not likely to internalize it and gain implicit knowledge or understanding of that particular form. So those are the three positions of uh, explicit versus implicit language knowledge. Either it's all implicit, it's all explicit, or there's some combination of the two going on um, in your language development. <clears throat> so this then brings us to the second issue that I want to talk about, and that's interface. If explicit and implicit knowledge interact, how much do they interact? Do they interact at all? What are, and again, we have three positions. There's not a uniform uh, understanding of how this goes, and people are still studying it, until, still trying to understand it. So the three positions are non-interface, strong interface, and weak interface. And the issue here is, does explicit knowledge turn into implicit knowledge, or does implicit knowledge become explicit? Um, how does that work? 
So the non-interface position is that explicit and implicit language knowledge are completely separate. Your brain has two separate seg sections for it. They don't influence each other. This is Creation's position and some others like him. The opposite end of the spectrum is the strong interface position. And again, these would be the skill acquisition people, um, as described above, uh, where the explicit declarative knowledge changes into implicit or procedural knowledge through practice. And someone here and holding this position would be Robert de Kaiser. The middle position, and again, probably the most familiar, or sorry, the most widely held, is that there's a weak interface between implicit and explicit knowledge. Explicit knowledge may convert to implicit knowledge, but only under some really limited conditions. And implicit knowledge can convert to explicit knowledge if you start noticing patterns and can articulate what those patterns are. Um, so explicit knowledge in this position, this third weak uh, middle ground, is that explicit knowledge facilitates noticing, as I mentioned above, um, and noticing forms, noticing rules, noticing properties of L2, your second language, um, and especially those that you may have failed to notice or made use of otherwise. So how does all this relate to ancient languages? If we're looking at explicit versus implicit language knowledge, which is better? How do they interact? Um, it seems that implicit knowledge of a language is essential and explicit knowledge is important in terms of learning vocabulary and it can facilitate the learning of implicit knowledge. I want to look at four payoffs to this week and to next week on this import, the importance of implicit knowledge and how that's going to affect uh, those who learn ancient languages. So the two this week. One is faster reading and processing of the text, and the second is increased motivation. So if you have implicit knowledge of your language, Hebrew, Greek, Latin, whatever it is, you're going to be able to read the text faster, and you're going to be able to process it faster. You're not going to stop to look up unknown words. You're not going to have to internally translate into English or your first language before you can get to the meaning. You'll just get there. You'll just know automatically, implicitly, you know what it means. And the bonus is faster reading can increase more exposure to the language, which will further speed up the language acquisition process. The more you're exposed, the faster you're going to learn it. The second payoff, besides faster reading and processing, is going to be increased motivation. A student who can read proficiently with implicit and explicit knowledge of vocab are is going to enjoy it more and be further motivated and want to read more. So those are the two payoffs I'm going to focus on this week. Next week, I'm going to talk about accuracy and the freeing up of working memory as we talk about automaticity. So as a brief review here, today we talked about implicit language knowledge versus explicit language knowledge, how they interact, which is better, and what the payoffs are for language acquisition. Next week, I'm going to cover automaticity, that third element of language proficiency, what it looks like and what the payoffs are to have that along with your explicit and implicit knowledge. So it's been a pleasure working with you this week, and I look forward to talking to you next week. Have a great week. 
Interested in growing your ancient language skills but not sure where to start? Glossa House can help. From illustrated readers and short stories to lexicons and grammars, Glossa House offers a variety of resources for beginning, intermediate, and experienced ancient language learners. Head to glossahouse.com today. Glossa House, language resources for the global community.